Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here we go. Brand new Flyers Daily for Thursday, the 29th of September, as the Flyers go down last night at home in preseason game number three, final score in the game 3-1 for the Capitals. We're going to get to some Flyers Twitter questions in just a moment, but a couple observations on the game before we get there. Preseason games are not about the result. It's about working on things, knocking off the rust, and getting your game in order for the guys that are going to be in the NHL. For young guys trying to make an impression and trying to make a team, trying to crack an opening night roster, it does mean more. And they have to show something. They have to show some skills and uh, put themselves in a position to have stuck out in the game in a positive way and certainly not a negative way. Even with that said, uh, the second period that the Flyers had in the game last night was very lackluster. And you know, usually in a preseason, I don't make a big, I'm not going to make a big deal about this, but it, I'm going to note it. It's going to go noted, but not ranted, if you will. When you go back to last season, well, let's go back two seasons first. Two seasons ago, it was slow starts in first periods where the Flyers really struggled, and they were chasing games. Now, in the NHL, when the other team scores first, if it's in the first period, they win that game 67% of the time. If the team that scores the first goal in the game and it happens in the second period, they win that game, I think, 72% of the time. And if you're the team to score the first goal of a game in the third period and go up one nothing, you win that game 80% of the time. And you just can't chase hockey games. And in the second period of that game last night, they just lacked energy. Their detail in their defensive zone, like just kind of bearing down on pucks. The systems are not in yet. And there is a lot of guys playing with each other for the first time. There's a lot of guys making their preseason debut in the game, as a matter of fact. You know, their top four defensemen in the game, that was their first preseason game. But it just looked, you know, preseason hockey is not supposed to look good, but it's not maybe supposed to look that bad either with that many of your regulars in the lineup. So what does it all mean? I think that it'll be a good opportunity for John Tortorella, who had a chance to see at the game last night and was up in the press box watching it, I think he's going to use it as another teaching moment right away, right out of the gate, that you can't have that happen. And look, there's going to be a lot of these teaching moments or hard conversations. And maybe the first one happens after that game last night. I imagine it will. I don't think it's a situation where Torts will bite his tongue. I talked to Tony D'Angelo after the first period on the radio and, you know, I asked him, you know, just first of all, coming out and first time in a Flyers jersey, having been a fan as a kid, you know, but he was really critical of his own game. Just didn't feel like, you know, he had his handle and, you know, the chemistry was there yet with Ivan Provorov. And that's going to take time. Like, we should be understanding of that at least. That combination and chemistry is going to take time. These guys have been on the ice together maybe five times six times tops prior to that game. And as a D-man, you know, chemistry is very important because especially in your defensive zone, you need to know where that D-man's going to be when you're in certain situations with the puck. He's your release valve. He's your security blanket. And if you're not sure where he's going to be, the thing you're going to do is look. And if you look, you've already taken too much time. If you think, you've already taken too much time. And I think you saw that in the game with that pairing of Provorov and Tony D'Angelo. It's going to take time. 
they have to figure out how to play with each other. It's not just two defensemen, one size fits all, and it should work. There's complementary skills, and there's figuring out where guys want to be. And they have to have those conversations too. Hey, if I'm coming up the left side, I got a guy crashing down the wall, and I have a guy trailing me, here's where I want you to go. I want you to dump back behind the net because I'm going to go back behind the net with the puck. Or I want you to stretch up the middle so I can give you a cross-ice pass. You know, all of those different things, they have to figure out. And they're not going to have figured it out just yet. But again, the game wasn't pretty. I just didn't like how ugly it was in the second period. It is a preseason game. You get out healthy. It kind of is what it is. You know, some of the other veteran players that were in the game, I thought showed little flashes of, you know, who they are. But a lot of guys that were playing in their first game, you got to knock the rust off. I mean, no matter how much you go against your teammates and practices and drills or scrimmages, it's not like playing against an actual opponent. Hopefully they knocked a lot of rust off. I know Kevin Hayes spoke after the game. He was elated at one thing, that he felt really healthy. Felt like he moved well and all that, but he didn't feel like his game is anywhere where it needs to be just yet. Tony D'Angelo, as I mentioned, said the same thing. Uh, Another opportunity to get back on it for preseason games coming up on Saturday and Sunday. Back-to-back road games this weekend. Saturday in Boston at 1, Sunday at 7 against the New York Islanders. Then they'll wrap up the preseason uh, a week week from Tuesday. It's winding down. They got a lot of work to do. They'll start paring down this roster, get less players here, get the players playing with potential line combinations and working on chemistry uh, sooner rather than later. Uh, the only fire goal in the game came from Kevin Hayes. It was a really nice feed from Owen Tippett. And Tippett was actually got some run in the game as a left winger. Usually plays the right side. He does have a skill set that would allow him to play and have success on his off wing. And you have to wonder, well, why would why did they do that in that game? Why did they experiment with that? First of all, to see if he can do it. But are they thinking, hey, we have a player that may be able to push here on the right side. We don't have enough space for him, but if we can move Tippett or Allison over there, then we have the space. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how that plays out. But I thought Tippett did a real nice job on the rush chance, head up the whole way, spotted Hayes, uh, laid him out a perfect pass for a one-timer, and the Flyers got the goal. All right, let's get to the Twitter questions, and we start with Gregory Salini at Osmosis on Twitter. He was a frequent tweeter last year, and I hope he does it again this year. He said, uh, from what you're hearing and sensing about it, what do you think the chances are that Forster gets a shot with the big club? What do they really have to lose by plugging him into the top six? I want the kids in general to play. Maybe Forster's that guy that I was kind of alluding to that they maybe are thinking about keeping. He's gotten a chance to play in a couple of games. He has come back stronger, more confident, more decisive in all zones. He's actually a pretty good passer, too, not just a shooter. Maybe that's a guy that they're thinking about doing that. And maybe that's why they tested Owen Tippett on that left side to make way for a guy like Tyson Forster, a trigger man. Could be. Uh, My gut tells me that it's probably less than 50% that he makes the team. I don't think it's a coin flip. Uh, He's got an outside chance, I suppose. But to me, he would probably be one of those first call-ups pending a position that got injured or somebody wasn't playing well, provided it's in the top nine. You don't bring him up to play him on a fourth line. doesn't make sense. So there's a chance that could happen. I I like Forrester. I love the shot. I've asked a lot of the guys about the shot, goaltenders. 
and they say it is absolutely a, a bomb. And he gets it off, and it's jumps right on you, big heavy shot. So maybe 35% is my official answer, Greg. Thanks for the question. Let's go to uh, Vic on Twitter says, what are any positives with the Flyers? Well, the season hasn't started yet. <laughs> um, last night, the second period was not a positive. It was a negative. You know, is there positives? Th- that's up to you to decide. You know, we'll see how these guys come into this year, how John Tortorella is able to affect them. And Brad Shaw, who I spoke with last night, we had him on the podcast a while back in the summer, but had a chance to speak with him last night. Very intense guy as well. Very good coach. Um, he was the guy on the bench for the Flyers last night. What are the positives? We'll see. We'll. See. I- I'm not going to roll out a bunch of positives right now after three preseason games. And they haven't even been in. You know, today is a week that they've been on the ice in camp. So uh, I'm not ready to go there just yet. Uh, Ryan Schiffler tweets in and says, what approach do you see the Flyers taking down the middle with Coots out? Hayes, Frost, Lawton, Brown, slash Anisimov. Well, Anisimov we haven't seen again since that first game, and we know he took that shot. Uh, Patrick Brown's out right now. He is He's uh, injured and not available. So I think you'll see, obviously, Hayes. I would say Scott Lawton's going to be on the wing because we haven't seen Scott Lawton at center through the entire camp so far. I think there's a spot for either Tanner Lasinski or or maybe even both, Jackson Cates. Some combination of those guys will likely be your centers. Uh, and if Nisimov is healthy, gets healthy, and performs well in camp, sure, there's a chance that he could be on the roster as well too, a veteran player. E for Eric tweets in, at Anger E, and he says, Tortorella can curse all he wants and say all the right cliche Philly things to try and convince fans to buy in and show up because things will be different. But with the current roster of players, how much different slash better can we expect this season to be than last season? Look, cursing (laughs) and saying the cliche things in the media, every coach does it. (laughs) No matter where you are, they all do it. And that, that is not their to get you to buy in. It's there to get these guys to buy in. The things he says aren't for our edification. They're for his and the players' edification. And he's a guy that will drive them hard. He is going to be consistent, and you will know how he feels about your game, good, bad, or indifferent, at any time. And we'll likely know as well because he tends to articulate that. But how, with this current roster of players... How much different better can I expect this season to be than last season? Well, that all depends because last season there were so many injuries. I mean, when you lose your top two centers, Sean Couturier and Kevin Hayes, you lose your top pairing right side defenseman in, in Ryan Ellis. You have other very important injuries. Farabee was in and out of the lineup. There were other guys in and out of the lineup throughout the year. It's very difficult to overcome that. So if I had the hindsight or the foresight, I should say, to know who's going to be healthy and how much, I could answer that. But look, right now, I don't even know what they are as a team. I, I kind of sound like John Tortorella now because he keeps saying, you know, I don't know what the players are. I don't know what the roles are going to be. I don't know either. Is there going to be six, eight, ten players under 25? And what are those players going to do? Are some of them going to step up? Are two of them going to step up? Are six of eight going to step up? I don't know. That's why this year is a fact-finding mission. To find out who's part of the solution. 
young players, old players, in between, everywhere else. So I don't know how to answer that. Will they play harder and be more consistent in their effort? Yeah, that's John Tortorella. But what does that mean? It's hard to tell when I know exactly what this team's going to look like after final cuts, who stays healthy, how they come together as a group. All of those things matter. Which leads us to Kevin Lacrosse's question. He says, is the roster set or could someone still be brought in from the outside? Yeah, sure. Somebody, you can make a trade. There's not a trade freeze or you can go out and sign somebody that's not signed. Absolutely. Or any of those things you can do. Um, it's generally not a time where you're going to make a deal that's going to be one that improves you a tremendous amount. If a guy's not signed, there's a reason he's not signed. And trades of considerable stature don't really happen right now. Uh, Darren Whalen tweets in and he says, I'm loving Wade Allison's attitude and work ethic so far. Do you think he will be able to make the opening night roster? Yes, I do. To me, he's already shown that he is an NHL player. The only thing that he hasn't been able to show prior to now is that he can stay healthy. So if he can stay healthy, I think he's absolutely an NHL player. And yeah, he's a guy with great energy, work ethic, flies up and down the ice, plays the body, he's got a good shot, will do a lot of the grimy things for you. So yeah, I think that provided Wade Allison is healthy, he's on the opening night roster. Uh, at Angry Beer Dude tweeted in and said, favorite Slayer song, uh, Rain and Blood. That was pretty easy. Or South of Heaven. One of those two. Last one comes from Joe Cipriani. He says, I can't remember a good prospect pool of goalies such as this one. I'm really intrigued by the two Swedes. Well, in that prospect pool was Ivan Fedotov, the Russian goaltender. But we all know kind of what happened there with him being detained in Russia. Uh, Felix Sandstrom has looked good. I thought he, again, had a good performance last night. 13 saves on 15 shots. And once again, Sam Erson looked good, too. I'm, just, I'm really impressed with Erson's calm demeanor in the net. When I talked to him for that interview in yesterday's episode, he had mentioned the influence of Carey Price and how it looks like his heart rate never goes above 60 and how calm he is and under control. And I think you can see those influence is in a, and I think you can see those influences in Sam Erson's approach, the way he reads plays, the patience in which he reads plays. And he just looks really calm and chill. I thought both goaltenders looked good again last night. And uh, I think Felix Sandstrom has the absolute inside track to be the backup goalie. That's without question. So, um, but yeah, the two good Swedish young goaltenders, 125, 123. Uh, so they're in good shape in that department. And you have a guy like Grosnick that can play with the Phantoms and kind of be that mentor to Sam Erson. Teach him how to be a pro, be there for any counsel along the way and He's been around a long time, so it'll be a good resource for him. All right, that's going to put a wrap on this edition of Flyers Daily and Twitter questions. Thanks to everybody who tweeted in. Thanks to everybody who listened. I appreciate it greatly. Flyers will be back at it Saturday in Boston, and uh, we'll get you ready coming up tomorrow with another brand new Flyers Daily. Flyers Daily.